Our call to worship comes from Psalm chapter 57, beginning in verse 5. It says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. If you have a copy of God's Word, I'd encourage you to turn to Psalm 46 this morning. Psalm 46. What would you say right now is your current emotional state? How are you feeling right now? I'm going to ask questions today and expect audible answers. <laughs> feeling awesome. How else are you feeling? What are you, what's your emotions like right now? What? Happy. happy. Anybody else happy? You came to church and you're happy. Thankful to be here, right? Thankful happiness. Well, you know what? These all sound like really good and uplifting emotions. Uh, but the truth of the matter is there's probably some of us that are sitting here today uh, that are experiencing some emotions that aren't quite so upbeat. Right? Have you ever come to church and, and not felt very good? And I'm, I'm not talking about just like sick, but like sad and maybe angry or fearful or, or something. Right? We, we've probably all felt that way at some point or another uh, in our life, but even coming to church. In his book, Praying the Bible, Donald S. Whitney stated that within the breadth of 150 psalms, you can find the entire range of human emotions. You will never go through anything in life in which you cannot find the root emotions reflected in the psalms. Or, as the 4th century North African theologian Athanasius put it, whatever your particular need or trouble... From this same book, you can select a form of words to fit it. See, over the next uh, number of weeks, we're going to be studying the Psalms as it relates to managing our emotions. We all have them, right? We all have emotions. Whether it be exhilaration, fear, frustration, discouragement, guilt, forgiveness, joy, gratitude, contentment, discontentment, you name it. You've felt it. You'll find it on display in the pages of the Psalms. But how does one deal with their emotions? How do we manage them? Can it or can they be overcome? These are wonderful questions. Hopefully today and in the weeks to follow, we can discover some of the answers as we study the Psalms together. Today we're going to take a look about at a specific emotion that affects every single one of us even as an adult, right? Has anybody here ever been afraid before? Recently? And even now, maybe we can search our heart and find that area of fear. We all have fears and worries. Some of us are afraid of spiders and some of us are afraid of snakes, right? Some of you are afraid of both. 
Some are afraid of bullies or bosses or coworkers. You may be afraid of failure or letting other people down. How about where is the money going to come from to put food on the table? In, in our situation, to put gas in your car, to keep the electricity or the water on and running, or more to the point, maybe you're afraid of the unknown or of an uncertain future. We all struggle when things don't go according to plan. When your car breaks down, when you get laid off unexpectedly, when your kids don't listen or obey and it costs you money and time. I heard a few snickers. Or maybe, almost worse yet, a loved one has fallen ill or has died unexpectedly. All of these things... I could tell you of stories in our own church of these things that have happened. And you know them very well or have felt them yourself. Whatever the case, what do we do when it seems as though life deals us a rotten hand? What do we do when we find ourselves in the middle of a storm and we can't see an end in sight? What do we do when we're paralyzed with fear and anxiety? Or better yet, maybe the question should be, Where do we go? Let's start with a definition of fear, shall we? Thanks to Webster says that fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So let me ask, what do you do when confronted with something that is dangerous? Where do you turn when the threat of physical or emotional pain stares you in the face? Where do you go, people? Don't give me the Sunday school answer. I want to know honestly when these dangers come to you, where do you go first? We hide. Sometimes we hide, absolutely. Maybe we go to our spouse. Maybe we go to a parent. Maybe we go to a friend, right? We go to a person, usually, uh, somebody that we we look up to or, or we know has probably been through the same thing that we've been through. I realize that most of us initially turn to that friend or family member for help and comfort. My guess would be sometimes they help with good advice and sometimes, believe it or not, not so much. Have you ever gone to somebody for some advice or some help in those times of fear and and, and what they had to share just didn't really help? I think we've all probably received some bad advice once or twice in our life, right? Sometimes people are there to help and sometimes there's nothing they can do. And in those moments, we often feel very alone, don't we? Have you ever felt alone during a difficult time? I hope that we can be encouraged today by God and His Word as we dive into the Scriptures. I hope you'll know that no matter what is causing you distress or pain today, or sleepless nights, that no matter how big or how hopeless the situation may appear to be, there is protection for you. There is provision. There is comfort, rest, and there is hope. There's hope for each and every one of us this morning. So if you haven't turned there already, Psalm chapter 46. 
This psalm was written during uh, a time of problems, of stress and uncertainty. The writer's world is crumbling all around him. In the middle of this storm, he tells us that we can depend on God no matter how bad things may seem to be, whether real or perceived. God protects us. God protects us. Listen or follow along as I read verses 1 through 3. It says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swell. Does anyone else feel like sometimes the world is crumbling around them? We turn on the the television, we watch the news, we read the newspaper, we just go outside and look at what's going on in our world around us, and we feel like, man, the world's in deep, deep darkness, deep, deep trouble. It's fallen apart. Well, amid whatever you're feeling right now, God wants to be our refuge, our strength, and our help. And if you're like me, sometimes you really, really need it. Amen? When our world is crashing in around us, God is still there protecting us. He is our refuge, the text tells us. The Latin word uh, refugium, we get re, which is back, or fugere, which is flee. We get our English word refuge from this, which literally means to flee back. To flee back. Refuge is, a, uh, is defined as a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. So God here, God is our refuge, our safe shelter, our safe place. He wants us to run to him for our protection. Run to him for protection. But from what? Protection from what? What is pursuing us? What is the danger? And the answer to that would be whatever is causing you to fear in our text today. Whatever that is that's causing you to fear, that should be causing you, leading you back to the Father. To his place of safety. Like a child running to a parent to protect them from a monster. Kenzie is in this situation in life right now where she spends an awful lot of time in my, our bed. Okay? It's like 2 in the morning and we hear this big thump on the bed because she gets onto this cedar chest that's over here and there's a gap and she jumps. She's like a flying squirrel into our bed. Which when you're awake and it's daytime, it looks really cute and it's fun to watch. But at 2.30 in the morning, having this kind of thump come is not so enjoyable. But she, she gets up in between us and, and we're just kind of, one of us will roll over. What's wrong? And she says those two words that every kid says. I'm scared. What are you scared of? The dark. Newsflash, honey, it was dark when you went to bed and you were fine. Right? But, but she's scared. She's perceiving a danger in her room, in the dark, right? the, the unseen. 
And we are very much the same way in, in our life when stuff happens and we don't know where the answers are. We should know where the answers are come from, but we don't know what the answers are going to be. And in those moments, that's right when we need to go to God. God, here's my situation, here's my struggle. And, and to be honest, I'm a little afraid of, of, of where and what and how this is going to be answered. Help me, right? Besides being a refuge, God is our strength. He is saying that no matter what, we can rely on his strength, especially when we feel weak and defenseless. And let's be honest, many of us do not like to feel weak and defenseless. All right? Especially uh, in, in the guys. Like, we're supposed to be the strong, manly men, right? Head of the home. Right? Anybody that's scared, come to daddy. We will, we will put you at ease. Well, you know what? Even dad, even the man, the head of the home, can be fearful, can be weak, can be defenseless. Think of a time when you were so weak you could do nothing. Maybe you have worked so hard in the field or outside that your strength is just gone, and you are sitting there in a dining room chair or your lazy boy, or maybe you didn't make it that far and you're on the floor in the kitchen, all right? And you're just completely gassed. You cannot do one more thing. I can't lift a finger. Right? Many of you have been in those situations. You're just physically incapable of doing anything else. Or maybe you had no power over any, uh, a given situation. Therefore, you were defenseless. What do you do? Where do we turn? We felt this way. Many of us probably felt this way at some point in time uh, over the last two years. I mean, two years ago, we had either local or federal governments kind of dictating and telling us what we are to do with this crazy virus that was peeking its ugly head. And so in those moments, many people and even people in this church were like, what do we do? We keep being locked down from week after week after week. How long is this going to last? Is it going to come into our area? Is it going to like, are people going to start dying around us? We feel defenseless. Or maybe you even got the virus, right? Whether at whatever level that you, you got it, right? And at moments you, you felt incredibly weak, right? That was one of the things that this thing did make you feel very weak and helpless. What do you do? Where do you go? Philippians 4.13, familiar passage to many of us. Do all things through who? Christ who strengthens me. Where's the source of our strength, folks? Christ. God is our strength. Why do you think the Holy Spirit comes to reside within each and every believer? To give us strength for each day, for each struggle, whatever the case may be. Sorry, coffee, step aside. You are not what gives us strength every morning. Then he tells us, that God is a very present help. God is always ready to help you. He's always ready to help me. It doesn't matter when, where, or why. God is there for you and for me. And because of that, we will not fear, he says. 
Because of that fact, because of who God is, this refuge, this safe place, this all-powerful safe place, always present here, ready to help, because of those things, letter D, we will not fear. In those moments when you were afraid or scared or you needed some help, I don't have it on me, you'd pull out your phone, maybe, right? And you would call somebody because you needed to talk, right? And and what do you hear? Ring after ring after ring. And then all of a sudden it's, hello, sorry I'm not able to get to the phone right now. If you can leave me a message and, uh, you know, your number and all those good things, I'll call you back. Beep. That's not what I wanted. Right? God is always present. You dial his number, you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, you'll be saved, but he will listen. He will be there ready to help. Thank you, amen. Think about it. If God is our refuge and strength, you don't have to be afraid. And so even after all I've said so far and what God's word has said, you're sitting there thinking, okay, pastor, easier said than done. Right? How many times have you ever thought that when a pastor was up here telling you what God's word says? Right? Be honest. If your hand's not up, you're a liar and that's sin. Okay? So just raise your hand. Okay? You have thought, okay, that's easier said than done, dude. And to that, I have a response. Yeah. Most things are easier said than done. But that does not change the fact that this is true. We don't have to be afraid. We choose to give in to it. Because God is our refuge, he's our strength, our very present help. Here's fear, what do I do? I know these things. Am I going to go to God or am I going to give in to the fear? We have a choice, and many times we just give in to it. In verses 4 through 7, we get a glimpse of just how powerful this God, this creator God is. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So there's some contrast that's taking place in these verses. You see in verse 4, the rivers and the streams. Contrast that with the roaring and foaming waters in verse 3. Right In verse 3, uh, this is where that fear, that danger is coming, and the waters are roaring, and they're foaming, and it's this dangerous-sounding imagery. And then we get to verse 4, uh, considering the power of God, and it says that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Okay, these sound much tamer. Think of like a babbling brook, all right? Some of you have a sound machine next to your bed and you, you go to Babbling Brook to go to sleep, right? Because it's just this rippling water. Because it, it, it soothes you, it calms you. We also see the contrast uh, of the earth giving way, the mountains being moved, and the mountains trembling in verse 2. 
Sounds kind of scary. And in verse 3. But to that, um, we see the promise in verse 5. She shall not be moved. Here's a God that, that can keep those things from moving. Right? We see in Scripture where God has the power to move mountains, right? But here, for, for our fear's sake and, and how he has the power to calm and ease our fears, okay, here is the God that, that in the midst of all that trembling that's going on in our life, that instability that you see right now as you're thinking about your own life, God is the one that can calm all that so it won't be moved. Verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And probably the most familiar verse in this chapter you have heard before. Be still and know that I am God. When God makes a promise, he always keeps it. When God says, be still and know that I am God, we can be still and know that he is God. The picture here is of us letting our hands fall to the side and leaving uh, it, it up to God. Right? Have you ever been in those situations where you've, just, you've tried so hard and you just fail after fail after fail and you've just had enough and you're like, oh, right? And the hands are just there. Like, it's like an I give up moment. Amen. You should give up because you should have given it to somebody else in the first place. Be still and know. Just relax. We can trust him. This is where we get the phrase, let go and let God. Have you heard that before? Let go and let God. The hard part for us is not necessarily knowing that God can the hard part for us, human beings sitting here in this church, is the letting go part, right? Does anyone here struggle with being in control? My hand is up, right? I want to be in control. I, I, I want to just, just, just move over, let me, right? I'm not looking at my wife for any reason other than this. She asked me the other day, can, can you go work, help Kenzie with these Legos? We got her some Legos because I'll be speaking at Lake Ann here in a week, and we need some busy stuff for her to, to be doing while I'm talking. And so she got this little suitcase with Legos, and it has like these six or seven different things that you can put together. She's like, go teach Kenzie how to do it. Right? So here's Daddy putting four things together, and then she's like, let her teach her. Right? Why? Because I want to put it together. <laughs> I want it to be right. When she does, she just takes pieces, puts them all together, and she's like, look. It's a, and she makes up a word like I've never heard before. It's a whatchamacallit or whatever, right? And, and it, it looks hideous. It's just pieces put together that looks like nothing, right? But in her imagination, it's this brontosaurus something or other. I don't like to, to give control. It's, it's hard because we have an idea of what the end is supposed to look like, right? And that's true for us in our lives as well. We have this picture of what it is supposed to look like. 
And so we do everything we can to control things to get that outcome. Newsflash, that's not always what God wants or has for us. What's going on in your life right now that's causing you to lose sleep? What's making you nervous or anxious or even fearful? Are you willing to let go and let God? Are you willing to be still and allow God to do His thing? These verses provide some very vivid pictures of God's power, and they serve as a reminder that His power is greater than any problem that we will ever face. So I ask you, is His power, is God's power greater than uh, earthquakes? Yes. Is His power greater than the oceans? Is His power greater uh, than the warring nations that we even see now? Those are the easy ones. But is His power greater than disease, than sickness, than cancer, or even death? Still the answer remains, yes. That is why here in verse 10, we can be still and know that he is God because he is greater than all our problems, our struggles, our heartaches, and our pains. Think about the biggest problem that you are facing right now. I'll give you a second, all right? Each and every one of you, regardless of your age, you have something in your life right now that is a struggle or a problem that you are facing, and it may be causing you to fear. What is that? Have that in your mind. You're going to need that for later. What is it that you are fearing or struggling with? Think about the fact now that God is Lord over the entire world. Because he is the creator and sovereign Lord in control over all things, he is bigger than Fill in the blank with what you have in your mind right now. He's bigger than that. There is nothing too big for God. Or as the hymn goes, nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Amen. Look at how verse 10 ends. He says, I will be exalted or honored among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I've said this before, but for those of you that like to read, uh, how many of you go to the end and read the, what happens at the end before you finish the whole book? Does anybody here be honest? Right? I want to know the end. I want to know how this ends. Then I'll go back to the beginning. Right? Okay. Nobody here, no sane person here, will actually look for the final score of the game, see who wins, and then go back and watch the game. Right? If ever I find out the final score, I don't bother. What's the point? I don't get the excitement of going through the game, right? Well, here we find the end. We know it's going to happen. God says here, I will be exalted. I will be honored among the nations, plural. I will be exalted in the earth. So you look around right now at our world and, and, and how much of it is God honoring and how much of it is not. Sidebar. Uh, my family, my extended family, m many of them are, are unbelievers, and in particular, uh, some of my cousins. 
And a week or so ago when, when we got that ruling about uh, Roe versus Wade overturn, all that kind of stuff, then, then you know, the, the news feeds and stories on Facebook and things just exploded from them. Very left-wingers, right? And there's one in particular uh, that she put of, of a news anchor that just had had enough, right, of the right-wing God people. And she just unloaded, crass language and all, right? And she was just going on that uh, with, and maybe you saw, you've seen this, but she's like, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what God says. I don't care. You can point to chapter and verse. I don't care. Dot, 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 And I'm sitting there thinking, you will. You will. You may not right now, but what does Scripture say? The, the nations will exalt God. They will honor God. They will, the earth will exalt God. What does it say in, in Scripture? Uh, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. So we can do that right now today in this house of worship, and we should. But those that are outside that are not followers of God, that are very much the opposite, not just enemies of God, but like active enemies, okay? They will proclaim the name of the Lord one day. And unfortunately, in that day, when they make that realization after the Lord has returned, it'll be too late. The psalm ends with an incredible visual and promise. If, uh, if your copy of God's Word is like mine, it's broken up. this chapter is broken up into three segments or three verses um, as, as a song, right? Verses 1 through 3 are, are a verse, verses 4 through 7 are a verse, and 8 through 11 are a verse. Verses 2 and 3 end with the same kind of chorus, and it's this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Now, you see this word Selah three times, and I didn't mention it until now. And um, that simply is, is, is a pause. It, take a moment. Reflect and think about what God has just said, what you have just sung in these verses. When I was a kid, uh, my dad would uh, be up here and uh, we didn't have like the deacons come and pray. Like he would be doing the, the, the opening prayer or whatever. And I'm sitting there thinking, this thing has taken an awful long time. I mean, have you ever been there when the pastor prays for like seven minutes for that intro? Right? right? But it takes seven minutes because there's a point in there, and we'll do this in, in, in a few moments, but there's that point where he pauses. For a long time, for a kid, four, fourth grade kid sitting in the pew, when you're paused for like 30 seconds, I'm not going to do 30 seconds because you're already feeling weird, right? It's a long time. What's the point? Get on with it, man. I got things to do. The point is, is this Selah, to, to be thinking, to contemplate, to, to be evaluating and so here we have the Lord of uh, the Lord uh, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Okay, but then Selah. Now think on that. Ponder that for a minute. 
God, the Lord of hosts, is with us. With us. And then this God of Jacob, as they use that term Jacob, it's a reference kind of back into to Genesis, right? Who this God is, this creator God known in the Old Testament as the God of Jacob, right? This is the real deal. It's kind of like when, when he says, I am, right? Oh, now we know who we're talking about. This is big G God. The God of Jacob is our fortress. All right, kids. You remember that song in Sunday school? The foolish man built his house on the sand? Right? He wasn't using the, the best materials to put together his house. So that little thing made of sticks and straw and stuff, I would not call that a fortress. Right? When you think fortress, you think some brick and mortar and some heavy metals and something that missiles can like go into and blow up and not hurt the wall. Like, we want a fortress. God is that fortress. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. Can you picture God standing in front of an army of angels? His voice that can calm the seas commands the armies of heaven. This God is our comfort and our fortress. He is our very present help in times of trouble. And again, I look at that verse, and we know in Genesis, and God looked at his creation, and it was good. And God looked at his creation, and it was good. And then we get to the last time he says it, and it's not just good, it's very good. And here we have that word very again. He is not just our present help, but he's like very present help, like on call, ready to go. He's going to pick up the phone before it even rings once. He is ready and waiting, waiting for you to come to him. He's not going to be, God, can I, yep, just a second, let me finish. No. We've done that to our kids. Yep, just a second, Kenzie, let me finish with this, and then I'll come and, right? God doesn't do that. As soon as you come, boom, he's there. Very present help in times of trouble. So what help do you need right now? You have that thing that was in your mind that we thought about, right? What is it that you need right now? What's causing you fear or anxiety? In a moment, I'm going to close with prayer, and I want you to ask God. I'm going to give you that pause, that sailor, that moment. And I'm asking that in that moment, you ask God to help you with whatever that thing is that is causing you anxiety or fear today. But I'm also going to ask you to go a step further than just asking for his help. Because let's be honest, sometimes asking for things is probably one of the easiest things that we can do. Because that's like the first thing, well, kind of the first thing we ever did in life, right? We go and we're asking mama and daddy for everything. So I'm asking you to ask God for help. But secondly, and this is the hard part. Trust him to handle it. Let go of whatever it is. And I'm not just telling you to tell you. I'm telling myself this too because I am not void of, of what was just preached today. I have all sorts of fears and anxieties that plague me too that I need to go to God for. 
trust him. He wants you to trust him because he is God. He created you to have relationship with him. He loves you. You are the only thing in all of his creation that is created in the image of himself. He wants you to come to him today. Believer, come to him today with your fears, with your struggles, with your anxieties. Unbeliever, if you haven't trusted Christ in your Lord and Savior, he wants you to come to him today too, but for something a little different. He wants to give you new life. He wants to make you alive. Because right now you are dead in your trespasses and sins. God sent Jesus, his very own son, to die on this cross for you to pay the penalty of sin and death that you deserve. So as we pray and pause for a moment, I would encourage you to ask God for forgiveness of your sin and ask him to come into your life, to be that stronghold, that fortress that you very much need. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the time that we have had to open your word to consider our fears and our emotions and what to do about them, where to go. And God, I'm going to give a moment for all of us to pray specifically to you and ask you to help us with our specific need, whether it be fear or need of a Savior right now. God, may you grant us your love, which you have promised. Would you give to us that contentment that we're struggling to find? God, we know that this world is yours. You have created it. Help us through whatever is going on in our lives that we can go to the creator God of this world and find our rest, find our safety from danger. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Our God.